time for another episode of Quickly Talks. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Logan. And welcome back. This is another great episode on another great edition of Quickly Talks. Before we get into it, let me remind you guys the same things I tell you every single week. Rate, review, share, subscribe, and enjoy. Rate it. That means simply going to iTunes.com slash Quickly Talks, leaving a five-star review with the little star icons. You can hit the fifth star, and that gives us five stars. When I say review, underneath those five stars, there's a little box that lets you type in something that you like about the show or something you don't like. Tell us. Tell us. We want the feedback. Share. Share a friend in need, a business owner in need. Every episode we have either business insight or entrepreneurial entrepreneurial eel, I don't know, insight. And then when I say subscribe, scroll back to the top after you're done leading, re, leaving that <laughs> rating and review. Gosh, speaking is hard. Uh, and hit the subscribe button. That guarantees that each and every week the episode's delivered straight to your phone and you don't need to go searching for it every time. And then finally, enjoy. That's what we want. And uh, that's what we uh, that's what we're here to do, provide entertainment and uh, information for you. So anyway... My guest today is Alan Bittescombe. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> no, you welcome. Oh, I was welcoming the people. Oh, okay. Okay, good. <laughs> Just making sure that you're... Are, are you feeling welcome? I'm feeling very welcome, yes. Good. It's a great Thursday. It's lovely outside. And uh, yes, feeling very welcome. It's very beautiful outside. We got the door propped open. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with the fact that somebody earlier boiled a hard egg. Oh, and uh, it stung up the place. Glad we scheduled the time for this time rather than that time. Yes, because it was it was actually quite hard to like walk around in here. <laughs> like we had like fifty Febreze bottles just going. We I, at one point I was just like, "Give me something that I can prop the door open because it's horrifyingly." You scary. know that really should be a workplace rule: fish, eggs. I don't know relish, maybe anything that generates a smell that is smell. unpleasant. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. None Get of these out things of here. should be allowed in the office. Absolutely, eat them <laughs> in your car and destroy the inside. Can you imagine yeah. just tainting the inside of your car smell with a hard-boiled egg? No, <laughs> <laughs> I can't actually. Well, people, in case you're afraid that we're going to be talking about hard-boiled eggs, we're, we're not. We actually. Uh, we actually got Alan in here because Alan's one of the OG members of Quigley Media. What? What? He's been om- he's been away for a while doing cool things. I'm sure we'll talk about them. And uh, he's back and he's uh, better than ever. Yes. I mean, I don't know what you were like before. This was before my time. Well, better than ever. Oh, well, love that. <laughs> yeah. Better than ever. So, Alan, first off, how did you meet Daniel? How did you come across the team? How did you? How did? How did all that happen? Because I, I genuinely don't know. Um, wow, you've just unpacked a can of worms with that question. Danny and I met in a very interesting circumstance, and I won't go into too many details on this entrepreneurial podcast. Uh, but uh, Danny and I met in college when, um, when we were probably, I guess, sophomores in college. And, um, but it wasn't, I guess, necessarily on good terms. We had a mutual friend. Who was who had been staying at my place? You know, I had just gotten a new place. Uh, we both went to Kennesaw State University, and um, I had just gotten a new place. And he was staying there for the weekend. And um, him and I had a little bit of a disagreement over the weekend. So um, 
I told him he had to leave my house. And when he did, he went to go find some of his other friends, which was one of them was Danny. And they came back to our house and um, decided they weren't so happy with us and turned into a huge fight. What? And so basically Danny and I met on opposite ends of a fight. Oh my God. <laughs> no way. So yeah. So <laughs> that's that's how Danny and I really met, which is, we love telling the story because we think it's hilarious. He's one of my only like best friends that I've ever met in a circumstance like that where, you know, you hear about people saying like, oh yeah, just let guys fight it out and then they'll be friends. But it's true. We fought it out and then we were friends. And then, so I think we weren't necessarily friends right after that, obviously, but um I think I'd seen him, see, saw him uh, maybe like six months to a year later um, at another event around Kennesaw, and um, he came up to me and apologized and said that he was just supporting a friend, um, and I said I would have done the same thing anyways, so we ended up becoming really cool after that, and then I think it was um, another year or so before um, I finally said yes to him working at Quickly Media. He had been asking me for a while. And uh, the timing just wasn't right at, uh, when I, when he was first asking me. But then it ended up being really good, and I, I loved every minute of it um, when I was with him before. And I'm glad to be back as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, you've seen you've seen quickly media in its in I guess two phases. Yeah, of its, it's infancy. Of its life. Yeah, you saw it in its infancy. What was that like? What was the birth of quickly media like? Yeah. So. Um, it was really interesting being around here when everything was getting started. Obviously, the energy is high. Uh, the excitement is high. People are, the team was, you know, everybody there is, you know, one of the core people that started the company. So it was still very fresh. I mean, it's like, it's like starting a new relationship or something like that. You're kind of in that honeymoon phase of like, everybody's excited. Everybody's driven. Everybody's like, got all these great goals in mind. So, you know, we had a blast. We were located down in Buckhead at the time. So you can imagine just being around that energy and that atmosphere of um, business was really good for us to, um, um, you know, work around. I think it drove our productivity and um, really helped us accomplish a lot during those first couple of years being in that environment. Um, Because I think you are a product of your environment. And so being somewhere where there's other big things going around definitely helped us to... uh, to do that as well um, and strive for higher than, you know, maybe we would have initially if we were working out of a garage or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we had a great office down there. Um, um, we would always try and bring people in and show off a little bit. We made we did a completely remodel in there. We painted all the walls blue, uh, you know, got quickly media graphics up everywhere. It was it was really neat. Um, so yeah, we had a good time while we were down there, um, selling and doing everything that we could to get more business. Yeah. I, I, I keep hearing whenever Danny brings up like, Oh, we used to have this. He always says we used to have this badass office. We had this awesome office and I've never seen it or, and never will because it no longer exists. Yeah, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the building, the building no longer exists. It's gone. Somebody, what, what, they just tear it down and kick everybody out? Yeah, so that same area, I don't know if any of our listeners are familiar with Atlanta, but I assume you would be if you know Danny at all. Um, but if uh, down in Buckhead in that area, it's like right next to the Whole Foods, and yeah. that whole area is just really developing now. So our building that we were in um, was just getting, I think they had somebody had bought the property or something, and they were just completely tearing it down. Um, and now they're building a skyscraper there. So Which kind of <laughs> sucks because like, 
just like you guys, I'm sure there were other places of business that were located in that right, building. And all yeah. the, it sucks for one day somebody to knock on your office door and be like, hey, so you guys have 90 days to vacate the like, premises. Get out of here. Get the hell out or <laughs> you're going to be found in the rubble, mm-hmm. which that sucks. So what's it like coming back to, if, uh, if I assume, well, actually, let's let's halt. Let's go back. So you were in that office for a few years. Um they kick y'all out. Then where did you go? Did you stick around or did you, is that when you kind of took off and did school and other things? Yeah, it was, um, ooh, it was probably right around the same time. I'm terrible with timelines, but, um, I would have to say it was probably right around the same time that we were leaving the office is probably around the same time that I was, um, uh, getting busy with other things. Um, so I think, um, I had, was had maybe one semester of school left. And when I finished up, um, I really just wanted to go in another direction for a little bit and kind of see what else was out there. I had been with quickly media, you know, my last couple of years of school and I'd been with other marketing companies before that. So it's really all I had done for the past, like four years, like all of college, really, I was working in marketing. Um, so it was more me just wanting to get out and see like what else is out there. What else can I do? You know, um, not that I wasn't enjoying it. I just kind of wanted to branch out a little bit and see what else was out there. Um, so during that time, um, I really, um, for the, the next year after I left Quickly Media, I actually continued to do still marketing. Um, I had some of my own clients. Whenever I left Quickly Media, um, a few of them followed me. Um, and that was, there was no problem there with Danny and I had talked about and everything. Um, so I took a few with me and, um, I worked with them and a couple new ones that I picked up along the way um, for about a year or so, but my heart really wasn't in it. Uh, it was different being doing it by myself and without a team of support. Um, so it was good, but it, it obviously didn't last too long. Um, and then after that was really when I started to get into um, lifting and going to the gym a lot and um, that was very new for me. I hadn't really ever done that. It was actually stemmed from a breakup um, my last year of college, and I was ready to get that revenge bod going on. So <laughs> <laughs> I started going to the gym pretty heavily like my last semester, and within a year, I really just completely fell in love with fitness. Um, and being that I had done marketing for the past four years, I thought, you know, why don't I just take these marketing skills that I have and start a fitness business? So that's what I've been doing for the past two years is working in fitness, training clients and trying to build that brand. Uh, my company is called One Den and uh, the goal is to eventually um, marry that with some sort of uh, dog training company as well. So uh, it'll be a fitness center for dogs and people. So um, really just a community. I want to start a community that... Uh, caters to people who have a passion for fitness and living outside and being outdoors and living actively. And then they also have a dog that they need to take care of too. And I know in a living in the city, living um, a busy life where you're working a nine to five or an, or an eight to six or whatever it might be. A lot of times you don't have the time to go to the gym after work and then go walk your dog. If you live in an apartment or whatever, and they can't just be outside during the day while you're at work or whatever. So I want to create a place for people where they can, um, come and work out and let their dogs off the leash, you know, have, have a time to wind down at the end of the day 
and be active with their pets and then go home and enjoy their evening. So that's kind of the goal there. But um, it's still in its infancy stage as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that sounds uh, that sounds awesome. I'm not. I need to. I need, I of all people sitting in front of you hearing you talk about fitness really need to to get my act together because the only fitness I'm doing is fitting more fries in my mouth. That's the only fitness is, that's going on that's hilarious. here. Um, the, only, <laughs> the only fitting is fitting other things into my schedule so that I don't have to go to the gym because uh, it's hard to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. It, it is. I mean, for someone like me, for someone like you, are there days that, you know, even if as in love with fitness as you are, is it almost sometimes a love-hate relationship or do you always just get amped to go? There's never a day where you're just like, ah, the gym just isn't it today. Yeah, and that's a great question. I think that, you know, you can relate that back to just, I think it goes with the myth of like, um, what was somebody telling me the other day where, you know, are you, like somebody was asking, I saw somebody asking somebody who's, you know, very high in their career, they're saying, do you ever get bored or do you ever have days where you're just not motivated? And it's that that myth of perpetual motivation, you know, that we think we see these leaders and uh, people in a space where it seems like, man, they're doing everything they can to make their goals happen. But it's it, that's just what we see. We don't see the days where they're struggling to get out of bed in the morning or they're just dragging through work one day. And th- yeah, definitely there's days where it's like, man, I really don't want to go but you know with business and with fitness that's what I love about fitness is it relates so much to business like you just got to show up and put in the work so there's obviously got to be days in business or or in fitness where you're not feeling it you don't want to go into the office you don't want to reply to that email you don't want to do another set of uh, squats or whatever but you got to show up and you got to do it and uh, you know it's just continually doing the things that you know you need to do even if it's hard to do it. <laughs> so you, you started this fitness company, you started Wonden and you, you, you're fully doing that. I know I've seen you take phone calls from clients, I think a few times just to, just to, uh, you know, answer questions or concerns or whatever they might have. Have you always had this entrepreneurial spirit in you or was it something that was almost awoken from working with Danny? Because the man's toxic. You, you're in a room is, with him yeah. for 20 minutes and he's, just got you inspired and lifted and he almost makes you want to get out there and run that marathon. Right. Like, yeah. did it bleed off of him or you have you always from like when you were in school, maybe at a younger age, like thought like, I don't want to work for another, you know, somebody I want to, I want to work for myself. I want to do this thing myself. Yeah. I will say later on, Danny has definitely helped me, um, kind of put, I guess a map in front of me rather than just having like a, uh, a goal or a dream in 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 the air type of thing excuse me um but I would say that I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit it's just been you know kind of focused a little bit more now but um yeah no I, I can remember even when I was like probably before I was 10 years old like going door to door and selling my old VHS S tapes to <laughs> my neighbors or you know if they were, my parents had a garage sale I'd was 100% setting up a brownie stand or a lemonade stand. And then, like, you know, even during school, doing I did Boy Scouts, so I'd mm-hmm. always selling the popcorn. was, like, the top yeah. seller there, you know. Oh, yeah. And, you know, even in school, they do fundraisers and stuff. I would always be knocking door to door. And in high school, I always had a job. I always wanted to make money. I always wanted to be on my own and, like, be able to do the things I want because – 
I feel like, and I felt like having a job and having money was giving me the freedom to do that. So I think that's just kind of transitioned into my adult life of, you know, still wanting to be able to have the freedom to do whatever I want to do and then also have the money to do it. And I feel like being an entrepreneur is the best way to do that. Yeah. What was your first job? Mm. <laughs> Officially? Officially. Not selling lemonade stand, uh, <laughs> lemonade at your parents' oh, garage gosh. sale. I've had so many jobs. I, I always, I forget about jobs that I've had. And then my girlfriend's always like, you've worked everywhere. Um, have you worked in, have you worked as a server? I've been a server. I've been a bar. I've almost been at every position in the restaurant. I've been a server, a bartender, I've been a host. I've been a cook. Um, I think I've worked every position in, in the restaurant. I've been a busboy, except for management. But that's by choice. I really felt like at most restaurants that I worked at, the servers or the bartenders were a lot of times making... They pretty much run the show. Yeah, they're making about the same, if not a little bit more than the managers, and they're there like half the time that the managers are. So I just mm -hmm. didn't want to deal with the stress of that. Um, I've worked... Let's, I think my first official job was probably... It might have been at Publix... I was just going to say you work at a grocery store. Yeah, it might have been at Publix when I was 16. I was a bagger at Publix. <laughs> that might have been the first one. When I first moved to Georgia, I applied to be a bagger at Kroger, and they told me no. They were just like, we'll hire you, but not as a bagger. And I was like, but I, I applied to be a bagger. I don't <laughs> want to be a cashier. And they were like, you're going to be a cashier. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's really funny, actually, because I wanted to be everything except for a bagger, and they put me as a bagger. <laughs> I was like, put me as a cashier. Put me in the meat department, but not a bagger. And then... I ended up being a bagger. So. Did you work at a movie theater ever? I did. Yeah, I worked at a movie theater. I worked at, um, what is it, Movie Tavern? Oh, really? I worked so, at a Regal. Nice. Yeah. I guess I was. it was more of a server role, but it was a movie, Still, it was it a movie, was a movie theater. theater. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've done, I've worked for roofing companies. I've worked, obviously, a lot of marketing. Um, I worked at Banana Republic. Um, I think, oh, I was a lifeguard for a while. You yeah. give off lifeguard vibes. Do people <laughs> tell you that? No. <laughs> no. You, you give off vibes of a guy that just like got out of the chair for after eight hours in the in the best way possible. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Some people just look like lifeguards and mm. you look like a lifeguard. Mm. Okay. Well, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't be a lifeguard. I'd see the kid drowning and be like, whatever. I'll get him next, kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually didn't ever have to save anybody, but. There was one close call that I had. Luckily, there was it was a bigger pool in a bigger neighborhood, so there was it was one of those where they had multiple lifeguards there, and um, yeah, the other guy got to him first. So I was like, "Thank God, <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't want to have to save anybody." But <laughs> I was already I was running. I was I was you know I was yeah. getting there, and then yeah. they took it. They All took in a day's over. work, like oh man. Thank God that other guy yeah. got him because I didn't want to have to put mouth to mouth or right. anything. I was like that. running just a little bit slower than he was running. So, uh, <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, you uh, so you've worked all these jobs that almost. I mean, I'm sure the movie theater was hourly. I know Publix was probably hourly, but in terms of being a server, you're probably making what like two and a half dollars an hour. Yep. And that go all goes to the taxes, and then you're just making the tips. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with, I'm sure, with Quickly, you've mm -hmm. made, and it's just those, commission. Yep, and all those roofing companies I was working with, that was all commission as well. Really? It's honestly been, I feel like most of my life, I've been on either a commission or sales type. I mean, even now, like, with the stuff I'm doing myself, I'm not paying myself a salary. I'm just taking, you know, a little bit off the top of the commission that I, that, you know, for my own business and trying to put some of it back in there. Do you have anybody 
working under you for the in the in the new business? Or no, right now chilling? it's right now it's just you. me. Yeah, it's I mean officially it's not even. I mean, I don't even have my business license yet. It's still very early. Am very, I supposed? Very to, are you supposed to be able to get that to run mm-hmm. a business? Do you have to have a business license? Yeah, you're supposed to have a business license. Oh really? Yeah. Oh shit. But it's still very early, very very early. Right now it's you know I, I I'm it's more of um I guess a hobby. If like if I was on Shark Tank right now, they'd be like, you don't have a business, you'd have a hobby. So I'm still <laughs> very early on, <laughs> but. Uh, it's growing, and I, I think this year, by the end of this year, it should be up and running officially. That'd be awesome. So I'd work out at the place. I don't have a dog, but I'd get one and then come work out. There you go. You don't have to have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not part of the membership. As long as you're dog friendly, right? You don't want to have the the dog that's like, <laughs> hey, J- like on the treadmill, hey, Jimmy, your dog just bit my dog. <laughs> yeah, right. That would be bad. Can't be having all that. Um so with all that being said, with your pay being pretty much either sales or commission-based or, or, or whatever, or tip-based, do you think you'll ever work a salary job for the rest of your life? Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I, I ask myself that question a lot. Um, I can see how it would be nice. I can see how it would be nice. I would like the aspect of being able to say, wow, I'm going to get this much every month, so now I can say... I can put this here, this here, this here, this here, and kind of like structure my finances a lot more securely. Whereas with commission, you know, you have really good months, you have some months that are a little laggy. So, you know, it kind of goes both like you have to save in the months where you make more and then, uh, you know, to prepare for when it's going to be a little less. And I mean, over the years, you kind of learn which months those are. Yeah, (laughs) There's definitely a trend, I would say, of, more money-making months and months that are going to be a little slower. So, um, yeah, it's just being able to prepare and um, and budget that way. But I can see how it would be nice to just know what you're getting every month and you could kind of structure your finances a little easier than having to kind of um, prepare for, you know, I don't know. It was just nice to not uh, – it's like it's always been unknown for me what I'm going to make, right? Yeah. I mean, you could kind of guess or guesstimate a little bit, but mm-hmm. you never really know. Yeah. Not like with a salary where it's like, this is what I'm going to make this year Yeah, type do of thing. You, do you think there's anything wrong with having like that, that expectation? Because you know how Daniel and his mom feel about salaries and the fact that they, they think that people with salaries get comfortable and they, you know, they're hired to do a job and they, you know, they just meet the bare minimum and do that job and they just easily could... You know, if, if you're one of those people that doesn't have any drive to, like, rise to be anything higher up in your company, you could literally just get an entry-level job at $70,000 a year and just chill there for your entire life and just hang. I mean, most companies probably would let you go after a few years if you weren't progressing, but, you know, do you think there's anything wrong with being stuck in that mindset of, like, yeah, I'll just rely on this salary? No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that... um you know, everybody's different. I think the the personality of people that are saying like, oh, that's a trap. You're going to get stuck in that. I mean, that's just a more go-getter personality, you know. Some people, like, I would say that my parents fall into this category. You know, they're, they, not that they don't try or they don't want to, you know, provide for us, but they've gotten to a point where they're content and they're happy and they don't need anymore. They don't want anymore. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's not like they're 
It's not like they're lazy. It's not like they're la- yeah. It's not like they're lazy or not trying. They're just they're. I they're mean, comfortable. it's comfortable, but yeah. So I think that you can get comfortable with a salary, but I don't think there's anything wrong with getting comfortable if you're happy. Yes. If you're unhappy and you're comfortable, then there's where the problem lies. Sure. Right. So if I got a salary, I would probably get comfortable. And that's why I've never had one is because I know my personality. And I know that if I got a salary, I would probably start being like, okay, this is kind of nice. You know, I don't have to really like go out there. I don't have to bust my ass as hard as I would. Yeah, I don't have to bust my ass every day. I can just, you know, kind of sit back, relax and do the little spreadsheets or whatever it is that they have me doing at the nine to five. And like, That'll be good, you know, but at the same time, I know that I know that if I look back on my life and that was my life, I know that I would be unhappy. I know that I would be like, why did I do that? Why did I just sit and work for somebody else my entire life when I could have gone out there and tried to make something of myself? And, you know, I don't like I don't, I want to be able to give myself the freedom to spend time with the people that I love and do the things I love. And I feel like if you're stuck in a nine to five, you're constantly constantly going to be making somebody else's dream come true um and i want to i want to be the captain of my own ship basically so that's a really good analogy making somebody else's dream come true i haven't heard that before that's a really good one did daniel ever tell you anything about my story or why i'm here or anything no i haven't actually heard that much about you to be honest (laughs) yeah this is only like the fifth time we've been around (laughs) each other in the same room so i left a comfy corporate salaried job because I was unhappy. Um, I mean, the company is, is, it's an amazing company and it, uh, you know, they, they trained me and taught me a lot of things that I'll, I'll be thankful for forever. But, um, the line of work just wasn't for me. And I was paid a comfy corporate salary where I, I don't want to say that I was lazier, but I definitely got comfortable and structured my finances very securely and unfortunately, that that caused me going into quickly to where I am not or, or, or not paid to the level that I was at the last job. It made me comfortable in the sense of like, oh my, I can live in this level of place and I can drive this kind of car. And when I get here and the, and the pay is significantly different is there was an oh shit moment for me for, mm-hmm. for a second. And, and, and probably when I told my parents, like, I'm going to go into this new position, I'm going to be a lot happier, I'm going to be doing things that I enjoy a whole lot more. I mean, shit, I can sit here and podcast with you mm-hmm. for work. That's, that's the absolute end all be all for me. Um, and they were like, oh, I'm, if you're, you're leaving and you're not going to have a guaranteed thing, you know, are you sure, blah, blah, blah. You know, they say the generic things like, we just want you to be happy, you know, type thing. But that there was a there's a little bit of fear in my girlfriend's eyes, too, and in my family's eyes. But it's worked out. It's been it's been a blast thus far. Uh, so I so I definitely can say that I got comfy. And I know a lot of people at that old job that are in that state mm-hmm. of just I'm just going to put my feet up and do what I'm required to do and sign off at five and wake up at nine and and do it all again. R- rinse and repeat. Uh, but. Then you have the people that, I think Daniel also feels this way, the people that bust their ass and are paid too little. Mm. Those are the people that, like you say, like the go-getter right. that are trying that to are, do more than their in job. The, in that corporate job and they're busting their ass and they're not getting noticed or something like yeah. that. 
or they're, they're yeah. just they're just seen amongst the other five people on their team. Right. And it's just like, oh, well, the good results. That must be a result of the team. The it's team, not the right. results of Allen yeah. busting his ass, working 18-hour days. Yeah, or they're like, man, he's really good at what he does. Let's just keep him right where he's at. Yeah, because it's a safe bet that no matter what happens, yeah. Allen's going to be succeeding in that position. Right. We don't have to worry about hiring someone else if we keep Allen right there. Yeah, exactly. I like to think that a lot of companies don't think that way, but, but I'm sure there are. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I'd like to think that, you know, there's somebody up above you that's saying, "Wow, he's doing good. Let's pull him up." But mm, yeah, <laughs> I would think that there's probably both of them out there. Yeah, I'm sure. And one of the thoughts that's tapping on my head right now too to say is, um, I feel like for anybody out there that's listening that might not like might be wanting to start their own thing or might want to go into being an entrepreneur, I would say that there's, there is nothing wrong with having a job while you're making that happen. I mean, there's so many successful people. There's so many people who have made it really big. And for the longest time, they were still working their day job, right? They were still serving tables or they were still bartending at night or whatever it might be. Um, to, you know, cause it's and that's what I'm learning right now is it's hard to fund a business. It's hard to start start off. You know, it's it's um, it's definitely a challenge, and it's a lot easier if you have a little bit of uh, of extra money that you can um, put in there. So definitely, uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm back here at Quickly Media is I, I I need a little bit more to fund what I'm doing on my own. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get that. It's it's definitely, uh, it, it's definitely a grind. I mean, yeah. there's days that I'll be here from nine to to seven, and uh, and come home and like tonight, like I have three podcasts that I'm recording back to back to back, and then after that, I'll probably work on my website a little bit. It's it's a grind. It's yeah. if you want something, you gotta you gotta go get it. Yeah, and you gotta put the hours in. It was actually. Uh, I just was watching the very beginning of the movie The Founder. I don't yeah, know if you've with seen Keaton. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a good one. Yeah, about McDonald's and everything. And there's a moment at the very, very beginning of the movie where he's selling the um the um multiple uh ice cream maker. Yeah. It's like the little the little milkshake. The, the milkshake thing that yeah. he yeah, that he's selling and it's got multiple heads on there so you can make multiple milkshakes at the same time and he's going around and everybody's denying him. Nobody wants to buy his milkshake machine. And then he's sitting in his hotel room and he's listening to this, uh, this, I guess it's on a record. I don't know what they listened to back then. Maybe a radio. (laughs) I'm not sure. But, um, he's listening to this guy talk and this guy is like, you know, there's so many smart people out there who don't have persistence and like you can be smart. And if you're not persistent, you're not going to be, you're not going to be anywhere. You're not going to be anybody. And it was just saying basically like, the persistence of like continuing even even when it's hard even when you're not making the results that you want to make but just continuing to do what you know is the right thing to do every day day in and day out and that goes kind of back to what I was saying about the gym just persisting and like keep going every day and even when it's hard and like that's those are the those are the men and women that we see that are at the top the ones who have persisted through the hard times through you know um, all the trials through everything and to just keep going, keep going, keep going. Cause you could be a genius, but if you're like, man, I can't do this. 
then nobody's going to know you're a genius and you're not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. to, to wonder how many geniuses just, you know, one of my biggest fears, and, and I think you might have this fear as well, if any entrepreneur, I'm sure all of them have this fear, is the fear of not being successful. And uh, I, I completely just have that fear all the time. Like I'll have a bad dream where I'll like just die and like have like my kid, like grandkids will be like, grandpa, like what did you do with your life? And like just thinking like not enough. Like that is one of the biggest fears I have. Mm-hmm. And to think how many people are that old guy that just dies with all of these amazing ideas in his head, but he just never just did it. And I think arguably now is the time people our age, people that are younger than us take advantage of the technology that we have to think like, like the people in the founder, like the guy who started McDonald's, he literally had to get off his ass and yeah. sell door to door. Yeah, He was traveling all machine. around the country. <laughs> he had to, get off his ass and just door knock and pray mm-hmm. that nobody was going to slam the door in his face. Yeah. Meanwhile, we can start a company on our laptop from our bed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can go to name.com, buy a domain, make a mm-hmm. website and just start selling crayons for a discounted price. Exactly. Be the middleman, do some drop shipping and you're good to go. Exactly. <laughs> or just, did you hear about the Nike executive this Mm-mm. week? They got fired from Nike because her son was selling was buying shoes with her discounted <laughs> Nike. <laughs> she, he was buying. You know, it's really funny because that could be me. I have a, a friend that uh, or some family that work at Nike. So <laughs> really, so he was he was taking advantage of his mom's Nike discount and was buying up to. Uh, I think he maxed out her credit card at over a hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Well, I would never do that. Let me re- retract worth, my last statement. <laughs> worth of <laughs> shoes, and then was making a profit over six hundred or seven hundred thousand dollars. And Nike like caught onto it because he like I'll have to show you the picture, but he posed in front of like a mountain of sneakers, like legit probably forty asking, or fifty. He's feet asking tall. to get caught, and and his mom got let go because of uh, these actions. That's terrible. Can you imagine? I mean, think about the hustle on that kid. I never use my Nike discount. That's amazing. I'm just going to hit you up next time. No, no, I don't have one of those. I don't have one of those. (laughs) Retract, edit that out. Yeah, Retract that statement. mm, I don't don't know anybody that works there. Your DMs are going to be flooded. What was my name again? (laughs) Who's this guy on the podcast? If Nike's listening. (laughs) It wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Alan, is there anything that you... Lastly, just, I know you, you, you said a second ago, if there's anyone thinking about starting their own thing, here's this. Is there anything else out there that you would want to say to the person that is either working that comfy corporate job that has that fear of dying with not pursuing their dream? Is there anything else you'd say to that person? Yeah, um, I think that one of the books that I'm reading right now is um, talking about creating your rich life. And uh, I think that's different for every single person out there. You know, somebody might, their rich life might be spending every day with their family and just getting a chance to go out and walk their dog in the, in, in, in the middle of the day. Or, you know, there's, people have different priorities in, in life. So maybe your thing is traveling. You just want to make enough to where you can go and visit all the places you want to visit. Or maybe it's, you really want to get into basket weaving. So if you make enough money to, support that hobby you're happy you know everybody's rich life is different so i think that you shouldn't be bogged down by what people are telling you like you have to be 
so successful. Yeah. I mean, success is fun, but you know, it's relative to everybody. And I think that, you know, it's important to think about it um, hard and think about, think about it, what that, what that success means for you. You know, I, I, I think that it's really important that we, identify what our rich life is and to um to kind of see you know what are the things that are important to us and what are the goals that we're really working towards um and it's not all monetary it's not all monetary um it's it could be anything so i think that's one of the things that i would want to say to end it (laughs) very good thank you for joining me today alan yeah it's been fun cool (laughs) (laughs) well everybody listening um do you want to plug your your business? Do you want to throw that sure, in there? Sure, yeah. So if you are in a position where you are looking for some help to get ready, we're, we're hitting that springtime uh, where people are going to start getting ready for summer. So if you are looking for uh, somebody to help you get in shape, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. So please... Um, you can follow me on Instagram. My personal one is Alan Biddy. That's A-L-A-N-B-I-D-D-I. Or um, actually, if you go to that one, my other Instagram for the business is linked on there. But it's One Den Lifestyle. Um, and uh, yeah, just send me a message. And um, I would love to talk to you. I have in-person and virtual if you're not local. Um, you, I can still cater to you i've uh got an app and everything so you'll have it all ready for you to go so yeah that's my plug (laughs) awesome everybody i'll link uh the instagram down in the description of the episode so you can easily locate it oh yeah that's good and uh before you go some quick programming notes uh like i said at the top you know rate review share subscribe and enjoy i won't break them down you don't want to hear me do that again uh, so, so do all, do all those things. Um, if you or somebody, you know, is down for an internship where they can learn some of these digital marketing skills that we've learned here and, and, uh, and if they're in school, if they're not in school, whatever, go to quicklymedia.com slash internship program mm-hmm. and you can submit your name, your email and get talking to us. If you or another person, you know, is bilingual in English and Spanish and you want to be a graphic designer, our partner company, Quickly Color, is looking for a couple graphic designers for a full-time job uh, to be designing all of the fun stuff that Quickly Color and Quickly Media design and do for our clients. Uh, in March, that's this month. This is the first episode of March. Wow. Uh, hooray. hooray. Um, <laughs> we are putting on a leadership or a digital marketing workshop at the end of March where our CEO, Daniel who you know from previous episodes, is going to be teaching digital marketing to business owners like yourself. If you're interested, go to quicklymedia.com slash March workshop, where you can find the details, the information, and all that you need to know in that. I think that's it. I think I plugged away everything. Yeah. Sounds good. I think that um, if you are interested in a job, come hang out with us. Yeah, we'll have a good time. We'll teach you good stuff, and we will... See you guys next time. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye.